what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.tv. Chris, how are you doing, man? I am doing well. It's Friday the 13th. Oh, so wow. oh that's right. It is. Our episode long discussion of that franchise. That'll be yes, awesome. Yes, we, we started a marathon this morning, so we are the true film, film addicts. So we've got to stick to the theme. If the date says this is the film series we've got to watch, that's what we've got to watch. So, oh. Actually, Alan, you know what? Mm-hmm. Because this is a podcast, we are recording it on the 13th, but I guess it really won't make a lot of sense because we'll probably post it in a couple of days. Oh. So the 13th will already be passed. No, you're right. You're right. So why don't we just talk about something else? So we don't have to watch those movies right now? Nah. Okay. I'll just save it for watching with the kids this weekend. That's cool. Yeah, they'll like that. I love it. It'll be fun. Uh, No, actually, Friday the 13th recording, but yes, depending on when you're listening to the show, of course, it's a different date for you. Uh, So we're going to do something a little different. We are really, really close to the Oscar ceremony, February 22nd coming up. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, maybe you're catching us right before the actual ceremony, or maybe you're going to listen to it after the ceremony, and then you can joke about how wrong we are with our (laughs) predictions. So either way, we'll get to Oscar talk in a moment, but first we are going to do a review of the film The Theory of Everything, which does weave into the Oscar talk because it is nominated for quite a number of awards as well. True. So we'll do that review. We'll come back and have our Oscar talk and some of our maybe predictions and picks, and then we'll end the show with our recommendation of a film that we think you ought to check out if you have a time. So again, this is Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.tv. You can learn more about uh, what we're doing here on The Mesh at TheMesh.tv, and you can also learn more about our film society. This is kind of the nucleus of this at footcandle.org, where you can find out all the film screenings we've been hosting, information about our upcoming film festival, which we may talk about a little bit more in a moment, uh, and a lot of other exciting things going on. So a lot of fun stuff. Let's jump there right into our main review for this episode, which is The Theory of Everything. It's called motor neuron disease. Life expectancy is two years. So, this black hole at the beginning of time. Brilliant. Brilliant, Stephen. It has been a great joy to watch this man defy every expectation, both scientific and personal. There should be no boundaries to human endeavor. However bad life may seem, while there is life, there is hope. Chris, we have the theory of everything, the story of Stephen Hawking, a famous physicist, um, and his wife, which I think is, you know, even though we know the public figure Stephen Hawking, Fairly well. People know who he is and, and, and his accomplishments. Very little known about his wife or ex-wife, Jane Hawking. So this is a story really about the two of them. We've got Stephen Hawking played by Eddie Redmayne, and we've got Jane Hawking played by Felicity Jones. This is a film directed by James Marsh, which I thought was really interesting because we have actually had discussions about two of his previous films on this show. Right. One of them being Project Nim, which I think was maybe three, four years ago. Right. We screened it at Foot Candle. It was a documentary uh, but more importantly, Man on Wire a few years before that, which we're both big fans of. I know you really yes. like that documentary. I did, too. I thought it was one of my favorite films of that year, actually. 
So here he's doing something with actors, uh, even though he is still staying in the realm of realism with an actual uh, biographical film about a true, true life subject. Mm-hmm. So the theory of everything is nominated for Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Actor, Best Music, Best Adapted Screenplay, I believe. A lot of accolades getting, getting thrown around. It is, in the strictest sense, a biopic uh, sure. covering a span of years. Uh, focusing a little bit more on the romance and the the affair of the the husband wife, maybe more so than the science and the, the the philosophies and some of the work he did beyond that in the science world. So let me just toss it over to you. It is Valentine's Day weekend. It we is. did screen this just last night. Correct. Kind of makes sense that you know we showed something that has a little bit more of a love story angle to it. Was the love story between Stephen Hawking and Jane Hawking in this film, which comprised the majority of the film, was that enough to make this a film that you enjoyed, respected, or did you need more? You know, this is a strange biopic for me. Okay. I was kind of, it was, it was confusing for me, and not in the way that I thought it would be. You know, we've talked in the past about biopics that take a certain aspect of someone's life, and you and I both kind of genuinely agree that those are more effective than trying to do somebody's entire life, because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of hard to do that. And yeah. I mean, it can't be done, but it's kind of hard to it do It becomes that. more of like a greatest hits thing where just let's just hit the highlights and stitch them all together for a whole person's life. Right. Know? And, you know, you can, and, you know, it's just in general with something like... Um, where you take just an aspect like this year's Selma, it doesn't take Martin Luther King's entire life. It just mm-hmm. takes one little segment. So, you know, so this movie has more of the broader approach. It does. Um, it, it goes from him in college mm-hmm. or, or working on his PhD. And, through, meet, and meeting his wife. Through pretty much fairly late in life. I yeah. mean, I'd say, uh, you know, what it seemed to be maybe his 50s or so. Yeah, yeah. So maybe to pretty, the 70s or 80s that we got him to. Yeah. Right. And so a pretty, a pretty broad range of time, which is a big mm-hmm. deal in the movie. Um, but what kind of, I guess, confused me or distracted me, um, people who know anything about Stephen Hawking, and you mentioned in the intro, he and his wife are no longer married. They, right. they, they got it's not really a spoiler. No, that's you no, know, that's, that's the way it is right now. Um, and knowing that going into this film, you know, I was thinking it would be more like a typical Hollywood movie where, you know, obviously they're showing Mr. Hawking before he had a muscular disease. Can right. I I'm, I'm really the technical term for yes. his condition that he has. Right. Um, but you know, it shows him before that starts affecting him. And then, you know, it shows the progression of the disease and then it goes after. But what I expected kind of the focus on that and the focus on his science and his discoveries. Mm-hmm. And I expected typically Hollywood, they would kind of gloss over the fact that the marriage kind of didn't end up working and kind of fell apart. But they didn't. They addressed that kind of head on. Right. And that was interesting. And I thought um, not typical for maybe a Hollywood documentary or something. And they were sympathetic to both sides. And it was, that part to me was interesting. But it really confused me because it distracted me from what I thought was gonna get, I was going to get from the film, which was kind of more of an understanding of Stephen Hawking. Right. Um, and maybe some of what he discovered or what he did Um, and instead it's much more like you're saying it's much more kind of a a romantic movie than it is a biography almost you could almost take anybody who you could you could strip away the fact that he was Stephen Hawking make him man scientist falls Mm. in love with pretty girl they get married he has these you know terrible difficulties because Mm -hmm. of medical conditions but they make through it they still each other but then they fall out of love you know and then it's like okay and but then in the end, everything's okay. 
Right. Um, and that would be this typical Hollywood romance. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, and, yeah. But not a biopic. And so that's where I kind of, I, I, was, I was confused. I, what, in one, on one hand, I was pleased that they didn't try to gloss it over and make yeah. like it wasn't a big deal. But then I felt like I wasn't getting any biography. And this is played up as obviously, you know, Stephen Hawking. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear where you're going. So I was, I was just kind of, I was, I, you know, if anything, if somebody would have asked, you know, going into this movie, you know, it's about this guy who has all these big theories. And I was like, mm. yeah, well, I hope I can somehow, you know, be educated, but not be totally confused by what he's talking about. Yeah. And instead that was, I felt like oversimplified oh, and glossed terribly over, oversimplified so and that all you were paying attention to was the romance. And but in the end, the romance uh, is it, being built as a romance story about the two of them but it's kind and of the love for each other. But it's actually not a love story. No. It's a support, devotion story about two people who, you know, Jane cared tremendously for Stephen Hawking. But yes. at the end of the day, I think, you know, she had stronger emotions elsewhere. Right. And I think she felt like more of she needed to be there to help Stephen. Right. Until Stephen had somebody else that could help him. Right. You know, That's, which is yeah. kind of an interesting way to look at a, a dynamic. It is. I, I'll be quite honest. I didn't care for the film terribly. Okay. Um, not that I, I didn't hate it. It's just I had a little bit of the same misgivings you're describing where I, I wanted more of the science and there was really none. I mean, it was so overly glossed over right. that that could have been even taken out of the whole equation and not even mentioned. And I don't think the film would have been much different. Or kind of like the struggles that he had because you're assuming this stuff's complicated yeah. even if they don't explain why it's complicated show him struggling with it and in other yeah. words it's just like oh i have this idea and i'm a genius right oh, i have this idea and i'm a genius exactly him. there's nothing it's him clear, working towards anything because it shows a little bit the one time he goes in front of a board for like his defense i guess of his doctorate like something he'd been working on and they say okay just like with anything, it's kind of intimidating. They say, okay, you got this wrong. You did this wrong. But it was wrong. so cliche. But then at the end, they're like, oh, but you're a genius but, and congratulations. But this last point was awesome. <laughs> so you're a genius. No, it was – I think that's probably my biggest issue with the film is it was so cliche in so many places where it didn't have to be. It was spoon-feeding us a lot of the scenes and a lot of the things. It didn't need to do that. It could have really just played it straight and showed us him struggling with trying to develop these theories and trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, he's trying to understand the mechanisms of the universe, right. but I never see him thinking about it. <laughs> you know, you know somebody, see him thinking about it. Or something it. even more daring, which there again, they kind of shy away from having someone challenge him. Cause you know, obviously you're putting, forth you have these one things. little scene where remember he's pitching it in front of a certain board and the one guy gets up and is like, ah, this is crazy, ridiculous and walks out. And that's it. That right. was like the only conflict that happened right. where I thought there was going to be some conflict is the scene you just mentioned, which really is just eye roller for me. He goes in to, to basically find out where he stood with his PhD, uh, PhD dissertation and he's got the review board and they're, you know, very intimidating. And yeah, it was just so played, so cliche where let's point out everything wrong and let's make everybody think that, Oh, he's not going to get his PhD. And then at the very last point, but this last point you were brilliant. So congratulations. You got it. It's just, I, I, I know that's not the way it happened. I know that that is all a Hollywood gloss over to just make it more dramatic and make it fun. That's the kind of thing this film did way too much of that. I felt like when it didn't need to, you're dealing with one of the most intelligent minds of our time, but the movie itself was so dumbed down, mm-hmm. which is a shame. You know, it just, it really kind of bothered me from that standpoint. Um, 
I don't mind it being more about the relationship. Actually, I think that's fascinating. I think the relationship they had was very, very interesting. It was. Um, and not, I, not and a I, typical relationship yeah. and very kind of an honest portrayal of, I think you need it on the head where you say they cared for each other, but you know, they, and there was, I a, think they both realized support, yeah, right. but it was like they were in love with other people. Yes. They both realized so, that they were meant to be elsewhere, right. but they had been dependent on each other for so long right. that it was heartbreaking when they did decide to split ways for the reasons they did. But it was a mutual understanding. You know, it wasn't like one person was being a jerk or being wrong. I mean, they both just had their interesting ways of, of going in different directions. So I, I really admired that. I will say Felicity Jones, I thought was great in this film. I really liked her performance and it probably because she didn't have the showy performance. She had the, Straight, straight performance for the most part. And she pulled it off extremely well. A lot of people don't give credit to those kind of performances when you've got the, co- the co-star you're, you're acting with has got the very big, pronounced, showy performance. Hers is not. She had to keep it together. And I thought she just was a lot of fun to watch all throughout the film. So I really liked her a lot. I, okay. And I guess the what I can read into your comment is you didn't really care for Mr. Redman that much. Well, I do want to talk about that. Because, okay. of course, this is a film that that's what everybody talks about. Sure. It's his performance. He's nominated for Best Actor. He's nominated for Best Actor. Um, he's had some, some roles, nothing too dramatic. I mean, he's done Les Mis. He had a, a supporting role in Les Mis. He was in the film My Week with Marilyn a couple of years ago. Right. Beyond that, not a whole lot. Um, he's in that new Jupiter ascending I hear, which I kind of want to see now, but um, it sounds <laughs> so horrible. I, it sounds horrible. It's horrible. Oh, and you hear he's ridiculous. I want to see it now. <laughs> um, I, his performance, I am sure it is Stephen Hawking up and down. I just have a whole, whole hard problem with rec- over recognizing actors for basically mimicking somebody. Well, that's my issue with the performance. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad performance. It's just I just don't feel the need to give it all the acclaim that everybody else does, even though physically it was a very challenging role to the physicality of it. Right. But I still feel like it's a it's a mimic job. Well, and I think I hear what you're saying and I agree with it. I I think I'm maybe not as critical on it. I think overall in general. I may like the movie a little more than you, okay. but not much more. Okay. Um, Redmayne's performance, I, from the time I saw the trailers, because mm. I did see, you know, this movie's been out for a while, and I'd seen trailers for it. The moment I saw him playing Stephen Holmes, I was like, oh my goodness, that totally, totally looks like him. Yeah. It's like, God, I mean, it's just, it was amazing. And as he progresses in the movie and he becomes more disabled, it even gets more so. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like the Stephen Hawking that you've seen his picture on book jackets oh, sure. and everything. Mm-hmm. And... I, I, yeah, and then having to walk with the canes and use a lot of it. Yeah, very demanding. I think I thought it was a good performance by Redmayne, but I will say that I think where I don't think he did as good of a job, and they didn't give him a lot to work with, so maybe it's screen. Yeah, I think there's probably but more of the early, issue there. You know, he eventually he. It's not a spoiler. He loses the ability to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, but before he loses his ability to speak. The stuff that was revealed through how he did talk, I thought they didn't give him enough to say. You didn't learn enough about him before he wasn't able to speak or yeah. before he had a lot of trouble and his speech was slurred because of what was happening, you know. Um, and I felt like that's where he could have really shown his you know, more nuanced perso- personality of Stephen Hawking. And instead, they just they didn't let him do that or he didn't do but that. And so I agree with you. I, I do think 
probably more of the fault is in the, the screenplay, screenplay than in his performance per se. I wanted more from Stephen Hawking in this film. Mm. And I felt like we got a much more cursory view of him. Sure. Um, I compare this to a film like uh, the, uh, the, the imitation game. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch. So there's actually a lot of similarities. Sure. Uh, for both being released about the same time, both playing a, a, a character, having to play a very kind of, I don't want to say socially awkward, but you know, it's just a little more unique character in history. Yeah. Uh, until it highly intelligent, at least with Benedict Cumberbatch's performance as Alan Turing, I felt his drive to do something. I felt his need to figure something out. I felt his desperation when something was not working out the way he wanted it to. With this film theory of everything, it's like you said, it's basically, oh, go answer this quiz that I give you for homework. And, oh, okay, I did it. And now I've come up with a theory and now I'm famous and now I just got my PhD. There was no... I, there were no stakes. There was no conflict. There was sure. no drive. There was no emotion behind doing that. Now, the emotion was all put towards the disease, which I get. Obviously, sure. that was huge aspect of the life. Right. But it, it caused us to look at it more as a sympathy case than as a how great a genius this guy was and what got him to that point. Mm-hmm. You see? So oh, that, yeah. I felt like it was half a performance. And it's just it's, it's, I wanted to see both sides of the coin, and I didn't get it. I can't blame the actor for it. I think he did an amazing job of being Stephen Hawking. I just wish there was more depth to getting to know him. Because mm. I even felt like even in the first half of the film when we were, he was able to talk, I still felt like we were just dancing on the surface of who he was. I agree. And that's what was frustrating to yeah. me. Um, I learned more about his wife through the film. Sure. Her personality, the things that troubled her and drove her and the things that were going on in her mind. I got a lot more of that from her. Than I did from him. And now granted, the, the movie's based on her autobiography, so maybe there's more of that slant to it, and I get that. But I don't know. There's, it could have been so much more. Yeah. Now, what about from the filmmaking standpoint? I mean, we talked about screenplay. We talked about some acting. Just filmmaking style. James Marsh, who we liked both, you know, we liked his documentaries in the past. Anything remarkable or interesting about the style? Um, I mean, I, cinematography was good. I, I, I thought the his, his directing... Yeah, it was it was okay. Um, yeah. I didn't. I, nothing really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I guess his other, but they're both. You know, he has done some fiction films before, but none no. that I'm really familiar. Yeah, with. they're kind of more scattered, smaller um, ones I hadn't heard of. And I think, uh, yeah, I appreciate. I guess I can appreciate his documentaries and stuff better. I, I almost wish uh, that he'd done a documentary of this instead of a, a film. Um, yeah, that's always our question with these biopics is right. would it have been better as a documentary than a dramatic film? specifically with someone who's produced or made, directed two different documentaries that both got a lot of attention and both of us, you know, Man on Wire and Project Nim that you mentioned. It just, I can't help but think like, wow, this would have been, you know, to have a documentary about Stephen Hawking and have interviews with people that knew him. And See, I, 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 I kind of disagree on that. Oh, yeah? I, think, I think this is the film well, where... you wouldn't have gotten the emotion in the I, whole romance. I think you've got to have the true. emotion both on the romance and on the, the anguish of dealing with the disease. I don't think it would have conveyed as well in a documentary because I think seeing the struggle is, is, is what people can connect to. My whole challenge is, is just that I just don't think we had enough. You know, sure. I think it, it, a dramatic film like this is good, but you got to have something deeper. You got to show us if we're supposed to be, we're sympathetic and we're compassionate on the disease, rightfully so. But the whole fascination of Stephen Hawking is that he's facing this while also being one of the most 
thought-provoking genius minds in, in, our, in our world, in our time. Right. And that, I felt like, was like an afterthought Side for the mind. film. Sure. And that was a real disappointment for me. Sure. So I didn't care for the film, although I will respect certain aspects to it. I will say Felicity Jones, I thought, was great. Eddie Redmayne did what he was supposed to do <laughs> and did an impressive job with it. I just always have a hard time giving the highest accolades to your job is to mimic basically somebody. Well, um, and I think in, in a sense, caring more about that, caring more about being accurate to mim- the mimic aspect mm-hmm. as opposed to communicating any information or yeah. telling a good story if it's a fiction movie right. or in this sense, communicating information and facts about Hawk. He was so bent on being physically correct and technically accurate instead of being emotionally accurate yeah. or in another aspect of the film, I thought again, back to this whole idea of we, we'd never got, I felt like a great sense of who he really is, uh, his family. I felt like his family dynamics of his mother and father were so glossed over. And yeah. I just, I never got the sense of, were we supposed to expect that his mother and father were supportive of him? Were they somewhat critical of him as a child? Was it a, a loving household? Was it a more distant household? You never got quite a mix. There was like one scene in the early on where he takes a, a Jane to go and meet them for dinner. Right. And it was an awkward scene because I didn't quite understand what we were supposed to get from this family dynamic. Right. And then later on in the family, the mother father show up again later on after he's already disabled. And you get the sense that they're maybe more aloof to it. Maybe they're not as concerned about him i i don't know what we were supposed to get from that family dynamic and that's another thing where i wish i knew that because that would have helped me understand what shaped stephen hawking as a person but it was really weird it was very glossed over and and hard to to peg down what was coming out of that yeah and similarly um jane's mother Mm -hmm. coming and talking to her and getting her to go be in the choir and like that just very kind of I know, yeah, both was, families on both sides. You just don't. It, so much was glossed over that it just felt like everything was out of focus except Stephen Hawking and Jane. Yeah, <laughs> and everything else was so out and of it, focus. And with them, the only thing that was really in focus was dealing with this disease. Well, I'm a caregiver and the hardships. And I'm the person who yes. needs the caregiving. That and was the it. only element of the know, story that yeah. was clear. I agree. I completely agree. I um, I will say mm. too, and um, this is maybe why it sounds weird for me to say this, but I guess because it flipped my expectations or so messed with my expectations is why I maybe like it a little more Mm because it kind of surprised me. I did not like the feelings of uncomfortableness that I got when they started drifting away from each other. And the way that was, it was handled very well, but the way Jane begins to have feelings for someone else Mm. and the way he begins to have, I just melt. It made me squirm actually in my seat. It made me very uncomfortable, not because it was handled poorly, but just because I guess it was so sad or maybe I was really, I knew it was just, Mm. I don't, I don't know. I have to say that was interesting to me. Yeah. The way I felt uncomfortable about it. Well, that's the theory of everything. It's, it's, uh, we had a chance to screen it last night. I think good crowd reaction. We're very, very packed house on both nights. We screened the film. Uh, it is nominated for several, uh, nominations or several awards on the Oscars. I'm going to go out and say, I, I don't see how this will win best picture. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's anywhere in the front running, even just what you hear out in the film community. I do think there's a chance for Eddie Redmayne to win Best Actor, although I personally don't feel like that's that's warranted. But <laughs> right. I do feel like there's enough energy behind that. I, I'd be curious. 
and again, we'll get into our Oscar conversation here after the break, but um, I, would I be happy to see Felicity Jones win Best Actress? It'd be a nice surprise. I don't think it's possible, but I think she, I think it could pull it off. I think it was a really strong performance. So, um, so that's the theory of everything. It, uh, I know it's already available on iTunes for purchase as of the time of writing this, so people right. can check it out pretty easily now. should be available for rent within a couple of weeks as well. So what we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do some Oscar talk and then end up with our recommendations for the show. Stay tuned. This is Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.TV. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.TV. I'm Alan. This is Chris. Across Hello. from me, we just finished our review of The Theory of Everything. So that's a good segue right into our discussion about the Oscars, since The Theory of Everything pops up quite a few times on the list. Chris, you and I have a tradition on the show where we go through these the nominations, we go through the categories, we discuss them, and you and I both have our rec- who we think is going to win, kind of our prediction. But we might also have our personal preference. A lot of times you and I have a personal preference that we pretty much know is not going to win the award. But we still like to throw it out there. And sometimes there's names that are not showing up on these uh, nomination lists that we think are a crime that should have been. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, I know there's a couple. (laughs) I can think of one automatically that I know you're probably very, very bothered by. Yes. Um, So let's do this. Let's kind of go through the categories. Kind of the throw it out here. Let's not do best picture yet. Let's okay. wave that to the yeah, end. Yeah, we can build. We can build, build up. This is called sure. uh, building up in, uh, what do we call it? Building up uh, ang- anxiousness. Uh, or suspense. Sus- oh, suspense. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. Yes. So let's start with director. Okay. How about that? Best director. And I'll read these, these first ones out. Okay. We have five, nomina- uh, five nominees here. We've got Wes Anderson for the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Alexandro Anaritu for Birdman. Richard Linklater for Boyhood, Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher, and Morton Tildum for The Invitation Game. With this, Chris, who will win Best Director? Not who do you want to, but who will win? Man, um, hard, hard category. Um, I, I think, and there again, a lot of people take in things like the Golden Globes and other awards, and they kind of, you know, you kind of take the average of who's won all those awards, and you say, okay, likelihood is, as long as there's still buzz, this person's going to win Oscar for Best Director. I, I think uh, Richard Linklater's probably going to win for okay. Best Director. And is he the one you would want to win? Yes, I think I'm going to say yes. Really? Yeah. Now uh, you and I were both lukewarm on Boyhood. I think you maybe liked it a little bit more than I did, but neither of us loved it. Right. I was actually quite disappointed by it. But I so admire the idea, and I thought he carried it off. Notice I'm not saying best original screenplay or okay. <laughs> best. Uh, All right, but here's so, the question. Let me ask this. This is the question I thought about with this. This, this directing category has got me. I, I really had to think between this and best picture a lot. Okay. I'm curious if because the concept of the film was what was so great about Boyhood. Mm-hmm. To me, I wonder, is that more of a total production concept, meaning everybody involved, cast, producers, director making this concept happen? Versus the director who's on the set calling the shots. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... Because I think directing-wise, I don't think there was anything fascinating about the directing at all. But it was his vision to call it all together and to make it work. Um, yeah, I mean, I know... Yeah, but to me, I see that as more of a producer's set. role in a way, too. <sighs> yeah, but, but I guess because they don't have, like... Best production. <laughs> I, well, I typically, best picture kind of falls up to a. The best it looks production. at it from a whole production standpoint. So, that's, huh. I'm just just arguing with no, you for the no, sake of arguing. I, 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 I. But you're you're going with the link later for for Boyhood. You think yeah, it will win? I can't really explain why until we get. <laughs> that's fine. No problem. <laughs> to the best picture, but it, it it funnels into that. Basically, well, you know, it's not spoiling anything, I guess, because we're going to say. Basically, I don't think it deserves Best Picture, and I won't. I think Boyhood will get something because it was such an achievement in the fact that it was made. Okay. Now, um, that being said, I don't see any other thing like it's nominated for acting, supporting yeah. acting. No, it's not going to. You know, it's like I, hmm. I think this film. There, I feel like the Academy is not going to let this film walk away empty-handed. Hmm. Okay, and I agree with you on that. I feel like Best Picture is a a movie a lot of people have seen mm. b um has made a lot of money and c has like broad appeal i oh, feel wow. like so i don't think of course i don't know what i'm going to choose for best picture yet so. <laughs> well there's only one film you're describing actually on the best picture list right now so i don't mm. for that reason I, I that's why i settled on director okay. i'm not i'm All not right. really able to describe or well, explain why. I'll really, just say I guess, but. I, I'm, I'm picking and I would like to see when Anaria 2 for Birdman. Okay. Because I think from a technical, again, I look at directing as the technical art of putting the pieces together on screen. Yeah. And I do think Birdman was the most technical proficient I mean, uh, accomplishment. Now, secondly, I would give it to Wes Anderson for Grand Budapest Hotel because I thought that film, I watched it again just the other day just for kicks. That is a very complex film. Very intricate, very finitely directed. And I think that's a huge accomplishment to get that film made to look the way it does. Well, so see, those I, two I'm the most impressed with. See, I think you could have actually have Birdman and Earl and R2, Linklater and Anderson actually kind of cancel each other out. That's very possible. And then you have Left with Foxcatcher or um, Bennett Miller and Morton Tildum, and then it automatically goes to Morton Tildum for Imitation Game. Oh, how I could crazy see that, would that be? I could see that How happen. crazy would that be? I could see that happening. Because the Imitation Game, I liked the movie, but there was nothing about it from a directing standpoint that I thought was impressive. No, me neither. It was a story and acting. That was what got me for but it. But if you're going to talk complexity yeah. and rewarding complexity, I am not going to disagree at all that Birdman was hard to, hard to carry off. And obviously, Wes Anderson, he's known for, like, intricate, ridiculous Oh, movies. how great would this be to Wes Anderson to win a, a, an Oscar for Best Director? I'd, It'd be fun. I think that would be cool. There again, I, I tend to think that's not going to happen just yeah, because of the mere number of people that have seen it. And because this movie is not I, – I tend to think also Best Pictures and Best Directors are given to, air quotes here, you cannot see them, important films. Birdman yeah. is not important. Well, <laughs> Birdman's not, but, it's a, but it talks about Hollywood. And Oscars oh, do true. like movies about Hollywood. That's true. All right. So, okay, we 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 could probably talk the director one. It's probably our my favorite category. I love it, the it director is. category. It is. We could talk uh, that to death. We so. could talk about it to death. Let's so, move on to some other so ones here. I say link later. You're going with an R two. Yes. Fair I am. enough. Okay. Why don't you just pick another category for us, Chris? It doesn't matter where you want to go on this. Well, let's see. Um, let's do. 
one that I obviously have something to say oh, about. Uh, we're going to go talk about best animated feature. Oh, uh, yes. So, let well, me obviously, it. of all the nominees, the Lego movie would be the best one right. so there. So we just go ahead and so choose the, the Lego movie. Pick, and that's the one that will win. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not nominated. How um, insane is that? Yeah, I, I have no... What do you idea. think? What do you think is the and rationale here, here, there? Let me read out the nominees and then yeah, I'll, I'll sure, talk. Okay, okay so the nominees we do have: Big Hero Six, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon Two, Song of the Sea, mm. and The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Mm-hmm. Okay, now those first three we've all heard of. So, do yeah. they deserve to be nominated? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, maybe. <laughs> the last two: Song of the Sea, Tale of Princess Kaguya. I have heard of them, but I haven't seen either one of them. But I'm just surprised. That over a movie that so many people like, yes, you've heard my love about it, so you know that I like it, but I think a lot of you listeners probably do too, and if not, well, it a was lot a, of the general American populace likes Incredibly highly rated. It was like one of the top five grossing films of the, of the, of, of the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it had so everything I, going for I it. I am just in shock that out of five nominees, it doesn't make it in there at all. All. Instead, you have two titles that I feel like very few people have seen, Song of the Sea and Tale of Princess Kaguya. Not that I'm all for you know, the indie man getting in there and stuff. Especially but, if it's a well-animated feature, you sure. want it to be nominated. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say for the record, I thought Big Hero 6 was a good, fun movie. Sure. I thought How to Train Your Dragon 2 was a good, fun movie. Visually, How to Train Your Dragon 2 was stunning. It was a beautiful movie to watch. Big Hero 6 didn't have the visual appeal as much for me. No. But story-wise, I like the story and characters in Big Hero 6 a lot better. So neither of those are ones that I see as being best animated feature. I mean, because they don't have that complete package that a good Pixar movie or something else would. I'm curious if with the Lego movie, if it has something to do with the fact that... It was released so early. Early, and the fact that there is a portion towards the end, not to spoil anything, but that is not animated. Mm. Is there some stipulation that if it's a... I don't know. Certain percentage not animated that all of a sudden it's not eligible for animated I, feature? I'm going to say no. And the only reason I say that is because I think if that was the case, that would have immediately been put out there by the Academy. Because mm. I'm not the only person bothered by this. You're not the only person that's knows. It, you know, there was a lot of talk when these things came out all over Twitter. It's like, what? Where's yeah. the Lego? I mean, so, right. That's um, true. I don't, that's I don't think point. that's the case. I've, I haven't seen... Uh, Train Your Dragon 2, but I have seen Box Trolls and I have seen Big Hero 6, and I'm on the same page with Big Hero 6. It's like, it's good, but it's not visually stunning. It doesn't have the whole package. Right. Um, It's a great story, great characters, but visually, it's just, it looks like another Disney animated 3D or CGI movie. And Box Trolls, for me, fell really flat. Uh, Visually, creatively, that's where it all was. But as far as story, mm. there was nothing really there. So that's why I'm just, yeah. I just, so what's I your pick? Who do you think's going to, who do you think's going to win? Just, well, um, I think it'll probably be big hero six. Um, <laughs> that's who I would like to see win. I actually think it's going to be how to train your dragon too. Really? Only because so I, need I to catch up with, I that. do think it's a good, it's a good movie. And visually it's, Really impressive. I will give it that. I think the animation on that, the, that that movie is really, really impressive. So if they're focusing more on the visual artistry of the animation, I think the Dragon movie will get it. Okay. So I would like to see Big Hero 6 win just because I really – I did enjoy that movie. I think it's a, it's a good film. So hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Let me jump to original screenplay. We've okay. got Birdman, Boyhood, Foxcatcher, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Nightcrawler. So of these, Chris, what do we think? I, I'll go ahead and say, I think as far as where I would like to see it go, I'd love to see it go to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Because again, mm. I think that was a very 
complex, intricate story that just had a lot going on, some interesting characters, a lot of fun, but it won't win. Okay. So (laughs) which one will win? I don't think it will be boyhood just because I don't think boyhood really the screenplay, the screenplay is not the issue for boyhood. I think the only prediction I'm going to get right of the entire Oscars is that boyhood's going to win something. (laughs) And I think it, I honestly think I will predict I almost want to, it's going to win one thing. So that's what's hard. I think I can go out on a limb and say, it's not going to be supporting actress or supporting actor. I think it's a real toss up for me between screenplay because of the, the thing you said about directing, it makes me think, well, maybe they'd give it more towards screenplay because maybe they'll say that's kind of the ideas. And it was amazing that he thought he could carry it off or, but you know, the actual dialogue they say is not the that interesting. Right. And the, this, the situations aren't that interesting that he no. goes through. So it was more of like a documentary. So I, so maybe instead of giving him best director, they would give him best screenplay. But uh, I, I don't. It's so I would be so disappointed so if Boyhood wins screenplay because okay. I just don't. Th- of all the things that Boyhood got right, screenplay is not one of the them. least of them. You know, <laughs> okay. um, I think it's. This is actually going to be interesting for me because I think it's going to be Birdman. Although I personally would love to see Grand Budapest Hotel, but I think Birdman will get it because I think the dialogue, the crackling dialogue in the film the characters that are sketched out, the concept behind it from a screenplay standpoint, I think that's what will carry I'm, I'm kind of with you on Birdman. I think yeah. so because um, I think the buzz is around Birdman too. Whereas, the last you know, month or of, so, it's been a Birdman. Lot of, you know, but who knows? After we record this, this weekend, something big could happen and the buzz will all change. But I feel like the way the tides are moving and the you know momentum's going, I feel like Birdman's probably a screenplay. I think that's yeah. why. And I don't have a problem with it that even though an R2 is credited with it. <laughs> but, but, so I should, but other people are there as well, so they'll get rewarded as well. Do you want to hit adapted screenplay? Sure. Um, adapted screenplay, let's see. Let me get my alphabetical list here. We have American Sniper, Imitation Game, Inherent Vice, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Let's see. Um, man, that's, that's, that's hard. Um, and I'm, I, I'm surprised I've, Whiplash, I guess, is it based on a book? Is that where that came yeah, from? Yeah, or, or a short story or something. Or story, so, yeah. Okay. Um, in the theory of everything we talked about in our review, based on the, the biography of uh, Jane uh, Hawking. I really, I really feel, <laughs> not having even seen the movie, but I have heard reviews and heard people talk about it, I want Inherent Vice to win. Um, yeah. Just because I've, I know a little bit about the book that it's based on, the pension novel and it's like supposedly really dense and kind of, you know, and the movie is kind of all over the place and kind of crazy, but I admire just for it having been done and you could try to make a movie out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking like inherent vice was an unfilmable movie because there's just, how could you make a movie out of it? Cause it's so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's going to win cause I don't think enough people have seen it, including me. So, um, wow. I, I think American sniper is going to win. Only because of all the aspects of that film. That film has been the one that's picked up the most energy in the last couple months. It has also gotten a lot of buzz, yeah. I don't think it's going to win any of the major awards. But I do think I could see it squeezing an adapted screenplay. Only because, based on a a real-life character with a very unique and tragic story, and adapted into a film, I think his story is what's brought everybody into the multiplexes to check this movie out. Hmm. I could see that being the one that's kind of a, yes, we acknowledge that you became a blockbuster and Clint Eastwood directed and all that. We're not going to give you any major awards, but adapted screenplay is one that makes sense. It's so hard, too, because 
this year, we always have at least one biopic, but I don't remember a year where we've had three. Oh, yeah. You know? The year of the biopic. And so it's kind of hard. Like, there again, when I was mentioning the whole, like, complexity thing, maybe canceling out directors with adapted screenplay, do Sniper, Imitation Game, and Theory of Everything, all those kind of cancel each other out because they're all biopics. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay. So then you would only have Inherent Vice and Whiplash, in which case I would probably give it to Whiplash. You know, so it's... I would love to see Whiplash win, even though that's the one of the few films I haven't seen yet. Sure. Only because I just think it'd be cool to see Whiplash win, adapt <laughs> screenplay, because, again, you've got the biopics on the one side. Inherent Vice, it'd be cool to see it win, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and say you've given your pick. I'm going to steal your pick and copy you. I'm going okay. to say, say American Sniper, because yeah, so, I, I feel I've heard a lot of the same stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm going to copy that. So American Sniper, we think is going to win. I, I but I, so. I would love to see Whiplash just as a dark horse to win something cool like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do actor in a supporting role. Okay. Robert Duvall for The Judge. Ethan Hawke for Boyhood. Ed Norton for Birdman. Mark Ruffalo for Foxcatcher, J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. Okay. I said I was – no, my one call was that I thought Boyhood was only going to win. It will win something. It will only win one Oscar. That's something I feel pretty certain about. I just don't know which one. Yep. Okay. This is one that I feel good about. Oh, yeah. I feel, I feel good about this well, category. I'm very strong on, on this one. I, I am too. I <laughs> and, gotta, it's, and it's all buzz and it's all like, you know, insider talk. And I haven't even seen the movie. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. It's <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. No. <laughs> I haven't, you're right. I haven't seen Foxcatcher. Um, no, but I think you and I are, you and I are lockstep on this one. J.K. Simmons yeah. for Whiplash. I think you can wa- go online and like even watch the trailer for this. And you're like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I think why, now granted, I haven't seen the movie, but to me, it seems like it's almost a best actor performance that he is cramming and shoehorning into a supporting yeah. performance because he's the teacher and the student is the real mm. focus here. So he would be the lead I'm actor. I'm with you. But it's mm. like, it's almost deserving of a best actor nomination. But the fact that it's such an overpowering performance when you compare it to the other ones, that it's like, oh, no, he's... Tate's totally. I think I, that's. I think that's the no-brainer. I think it's. I'd be shocked at this point <laughs> if somebody other than J.K. Simmons won it. Uh, Ed too. Norton, I thought was great in Birdman, but I just don't think it's going to win. I think Ed Norton and his is a true supporting performance. Yes, and it is a good supporting performance. And if Simmons, which we said we haven't seen it, but if it wasn't getting so much buzz and doesn't seem so powerful. Mm. Then I think I think it would go to Norton, but mm-hmm. I just don't I don't think he. And then Ethan Hawke, hey, I liked him in Boyhood. I thought he was good, but it just wasn't enough to, to for me to say he it was the best acting job a guy did this year. Right. So, right. Um, so J.K. Simmons, I want to win because I like him as an actor, and I think I, I'd love to see him get the recognition, and I do think he will win from everything we're hearing. Yeah. All right. Why don't you hit us on actress in a supporting role then? Okay. So, for that, we have Patricia Arquette in Boyhood, Laura Dern in Wild, Kira Knightley in The Imitation Game, Emma Stone in Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, and we have Meryl Streep in Into the Woods. So, with this one, um, kind of, yeah, supporting is kind of hard to call, too. This, this one's hard for me to, mm-hmm. hard for me to call. Um, I think... I might be leaning towards, which I generally, I don't know, I liked her in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but... Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going to pick Kira Knightley? I, I think I might. Really? Yeah. yeah I That's think impressive, I Chris. And now, a lot of this comes from, which I've heard her performance is really good, I have not seen Wild. Yeah, Wild's the one I haven't so seen as well. that is a wild card, see what I did there? <laughs> um, yes. Because I think if her performance is really strong, 
they, but me not knowing because I haven't seen it and I haven't heard buzz. So, um, yeah, I, I think and, you know, there's always the Meryl Streep card. But, I mean, come on. She's nominated. She'll sit out there and people will make jokes about her, like, not yeah, winning. There's no like way. So she I don't, can't. I don't think into the way. Shoot. Now, granted, what I've, I saw the film. wasn't really high on Into the Woods. But she played a she yeah. she played a really cool part. She was she really could good. be one of those that they announce it and you're kind of shocked, but you're like, well, uh, yeah, what did you expect? It was Mill Street. <laughs> I um I really liked Emma Stone's performance in Birdman, but I think Patricia Arquette for Boyhood's going to win this. Really? Yes, I do. So, so this would be the one statue that would walk. <laughs> one of maybe two. So you're 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 gunning for two statues. I I think Boyhood will walk away with two. Boy, Boyhood is for me is what's screwing up a lot of the Oscars this year. Yeah. Because it's just so random. It's such an indie movie, but it's such a interesting movie. And it's so like, I'll tell you the thing with boyhood. Well, oh, let's yeah. save that for the best picture discussion. Sure. Cause I think, I think I've got, it's really messing. A I've lot got of a stuff theory up. on it. I've okay. got a theory on it. When we get to the best picture, I, here I will say that, uh, it was for me, it was between Kira Knightley, Emma Stone and, uh, boyhood. Cause obviously the other two didn't really matter. And, I thought the strength of the movie was what wasn't going to give it to Boyhood. Keira Knightley, Emma Stone, it was a stopwatch test. It was who had the more screen time. Mm. And I felt like Keira Knightley had more screen time. Well, she did. Therefore, I felt like she – but, you know, screen time obviously doesn't do anything because Judy Dench won that one time for Elizabeth and she was in there for like two seconds. Like or one whatever. scene or something. Yeah, or yeah. Shakespeare in Love. She won for something. It was like she was barely on screen. Yeah, that was it. So um, I, it, was, it was screen time and I was thinking, well, Keira Knightley – and I think it's some of the best stuff I think she's done. Mm. So, no, I will get I, I do think Kira Knightley was the best she's been in the imitation game. And I liked her a lot in it. Okay. It just, you know, it was a fairly straightforward role. <laughs> um, Emma Stone, shorter screen time, more explosive performance. Yeah. I definitely think had more showier moments. I think I, when we reviewed the um, Birdman, I think I remember talking about what I thought was going to be this Oscar scene oh, yeah. for her. And yep. I would be shocked. And, you know, That's got to be record, it. Just so you guys don't have to go back to the episode to listen to it. The one where she has the blow up at her father. Yeah. If that's not the scene, they oh, that'll choose, totally be the I scene. They can, I don't know if she has a lot of expletives, which I guess they. Well, can they'll bleep them out, or they'll, they normally like, do if that. If that's not the scene they show, then you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's actress in a supporting role. Got you. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Let's do. Um, uh, we can probably just hit all the sound. Uh, sure. Uh, let's do those really quick. Sure. I mean, we don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Okay. Sound editing. We've got American Sniper, Birdman, The Hobbit, uh, Battle of the Five Armies, and Interstellar, and Unbroken. I believe for this, I had American Sniper. Again, mm-hmm. something about the, the, the style of the film, the use of sound. I think I could see American Sniper getting both sound editing and sound mixing. And it seems film. like a lot of common knowledge used to be that those two would go hand in hand. Yes. Whoever won is because maybe people don't understand what the difference between the two is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to lean that way as well. Actually, yeah. I think now I would love to see sound editing. I'd love to see interstellar win it. Although I cannot give sound mixing to interstellar. Cause I'm still the one saying I had a really hard time understanding what people were saying half the time. So if that's a mixing issue then I can't give it sound mixing, but I think, Editing, the weaving of the music, the weaving of sound effects, the, the use of sound, I thought was really impressive. I just think the mixing was really shoddy. So gotcha. um, anyway, I could see those kind of going hand in hand. So I think we got American Snipers, what we probably could see winning on a technical side there. Um, visual effects. Do you have visual effects handy? Sure. Um, 
and for once, I've seen all the films in this category. Basically, because the visual effects movies are always usually the bigger budget movies. Yeah. So I've seen them all. Yep, and same I here. think uh, we have reviewed them all as well on the show. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, so they are Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy, Interstellar, and X-Men, Days of Future Past. Um, for me, I'm going to say that um, I, I think it's going to be Interstellar. Yeah, that's the one I had as my pick and who I think will win. Okay. Um, you know, I, I thought the visual effects were fine in all those movies, but it was all just your standard action CGI stuff on the other four. And there I'm wasn't anything really dramatic. And I think Interstellar was the only one that was being daring with its visual effects more than the others. I think in, you know, me using the lumping theory and canceling each other out theory, mm-hmm. we've got three comic book movies. Yeah. So I'm going to say those kind of cancel each other out. Um, maybe. Well, really, you got four genre movies. I mean, just right. sci-fi, sci-fi action comic book genre type of movies. And right. Interstellar is the only one that stands apart from them. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, you know, it's, it's a genre. It's also a sequel. So there's yeah. kind of that whole thing. So maybe, you know, in Interstellar, as we talked about, it was one of my biggest, I think I said it was my biggest disappointment for the yeah. year. But there's a lot to admire about it. And I, I kind of kind of along the boyhood uh, idea. I don't think they want it to walk away empty-handed. It mm-hmm. is Christopher Nolan, so I think it'll get recognized for effects. the only only dark horse I could see is because of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The still amazing animation on the apes themselves absolutely could still be something that squeaks out as a as a as a now, second they, did second they win choice. last time for it? I don't remember. I don't yeah, know if I they think did. They or not. did because okay. there was the whole blow up about the performances. Yeah. If they did win it for last the first one, then I doubt they'll get it for the second one. So. All right. Um, cinematography. Okay. Got Birdman, Grand Budapest Hotel, Ida, Mr. Turner, and Unbroken. And I'll say the only one I haven't seen, I haven't seen Mr. Turner. Oh, you saw Unbroken? Oh, no, I haven't seen Unbroken okay. either. So that's two I haven't second. seen. Gosh. Oh, that's a, this is a weak <laughs> but category. But Unbroken is a, is a favorite among the Oscars and of the Coen brothers, Roger Deakins. He's like a, mm. he is a powerhouse, Roger Deakins mm-hmm. is. Um, the other powerhouse that I recognize name-wise is uh, Emmanuel Lebesky, um, which is Birdman. Um, so there are two big names there in the film world uh, that are in cinematography. Man, who do I want to win? Yeah, who do you want to win? I want either the guys that are nominated, which I'm not even going to bother trying to pronounce their names, for Ida. Yeah. And that's because it's a small independent film. And, and it's beautiful. It really, and I thought it really looked great. Yeah. Or... I want uh, Robert Yeoman for Grand Budapest Hotel to win just because, you know, I really admire all the stuff, you know, lots of stuff going on about that movie. Um, so that's, that's, I would want one of those two to win. Robert Yeoman, because I can actually say that, is uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Who do I think will win? Hmm. That's tough. Um, who do you want to win? Um, I'd say... <laughs> I want, I'm, Bird, I'm I want Birdman here. to win. <laughs> okay, I want Birdman to win just because I still am a fan of the style of the cinematography style for that film. I think Unbroken is going to win, though. What? Because it's Deacons, yeah. you think? Mm-hmm. Roger Deacons. And you know again, what? I think that'll be the one bone they throw to that because it did not rack up many nominations at all for anything. I got you. I don't know. Gut feeling right now on Friday the 13th. I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, Birdman's going to get it. Okay. Um, I think what swings me that way is also because I've Emmanuel Levesque, I can't rattle off the films he's done offhand, but I know that he's done a lot mm-hmm. and I feel like, I feel like he's going to get it because of that reason. Okay. But, um, 
Cool. Yeah. I'm let's a, I'm uh, Birdman. let's keep on moving. We got a couple other big categories to hit. Really yeah. quick, uh, it's probably really quick. I think you and I are probably gonna be on the same page with this one. Foreign language film. Right. Right. Ida, right. Leviathan, Tangerines, Timbuktu, and Wild Tales. Uh, I've only seen one. <laughs> I only feel like I need to have seen one because I just think Ida. Ida's got all the buzz behind it right now. Right. It's a beautiful film. I would love to see that win. I, I feel pretty locked in that that one's going to win. Yeah, I, I, this this is my other J.K. Simmons pick. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like It'll all be the a buzz shock has been here. If this doesn't happen. It, yeah, it would be a shock if anything. The only one I've heard a little bit about is Leviathan. Leviathan from um, Russia. Yeah, but um, I feel like the cinematography will sway people. Yeah. to say that Ida's the better picture. So I, I, yeah, absolutely I'm with you agree. On that. Let's see. A couple others we can hit really quick. Let me um, do uh, film editing. Go for it. Okay. So we have American Sniper, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, and Whiplash. Yes. So uh, who do I want to win? I would say that I would want Grand Budapest Hotel, which is Barney Pilling, to win for that. Um, who do I think will win? That is a harder task to say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really feel like it's a three three way race between American Sniper, Boyhood, and Whiplash. Um, man, I'm saying American Sniper will probably win. Oh yeah, but I would like to see Grand Budapest Hotel win. So, um, I think American Sniper. I think, the, from what I understand, that the the mood the film puts you in between sound and editing has a lot to do with it. And I think those are the kind of ones that they could, they could toss over to that film. I'm, it is so hard for me to say because I haven't actually seen Sniper mm-hmm. or seen Whiplash. To be contrarian, this could be the year that I get like zero right. I'm having, hey, I'm that's having all that good. feeling. That's all good. Normally, I used to be pretty good at this. Um, I'm going to give it to Whiplash. Okay. Good. Uh, let's see. All right. We are Do going hairstyling and makeup. Yes. And we're going very long. So how about let's hit these really quick. Sure. Just uh, let's do makeup, Foxcatcher, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I have written down and saying that I think Grand Budapest Hotel will win and should win. Okay. I'm, I'm with you there because I remember when I saw Tilda Swinton, her, yes. her alone, I was like, yep. Yep. <laughs> no, just everybody. Everybody was pitch perfect. They looked great. But hers uh, was like over the top oh, makeup. absolutely. Hers like, was. And then... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it was a great, great, great okay. catch on it. Costume design, Grand Budapest Hotel, Inherent Vice, Into the Woods, Maleficent, and Mr. Turner. Okay. Um, who's your pick on that? I had, for costume design, I had Grand Budapest Hotel. I can see, honestly, I'll go ahead and just spoil it for you. Sure. Production design, makeup, costume design. I've got Grand Budapest Hotel. Because oh. I think from a whole look of the film, all the elements, the props, the costumes, everything, I think Grand Budapest Hotel had it top to bottom. Well, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go into the woods actually on this on costume design. Yeah, okay. uh, Colleen Atwood is another one of those names that I've heard a couple of times, yeah. and so I realized that she is a name. The costumes in that movie were really good. Um, well, so I'm gonna put good. that down as the one I think is gonna win then, but I want Grand Budapest to win. Uh, understandable. And then production design, I've got Grand Budapest Hotel as my pick to my my what I want to see win. Then we've got the imitation game, Interstellar, Into the Woods, and Mr. Turner. What I think will win, I could see Into the Woods winning this as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to give want to win and think will win. I'm going to give it to Grand Budapest, actually. So um, you're going to have – okay. And actually, you know what? I, yeah, I'm, I'm, because I, I'm flip like costumes, I think, were Into the Woods. But as far as production design, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I just – I think that's more Grand Budapest's okay. bailiwick there. So. Let's see. I think the only one we have left are we've got score and song. 
okay. documentary, and then the the lead actors and best picture. Okay, okay yeah, well, let's, you know, song is another one of those things that it's kind of like, okay, people, you know, this is one that they got right. I really feel so strongly about this. Let me rattle them off. If I need to say it, come on. Everything is awesome. The Lego movie, Glory from Selma, Grateful from Beyond the Lights, I'm Not Gonna Miss You from the Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me, and then uh, Lost Stars from Begin Again, which we actually did review on this mm-hmm. show. Um, I think I want to win, clearly people, and I think will win, if nothing else, or a guilt vote because they didn't give it to a best animated feature. Everything is awesome by the Lego movie. I would be I would be really, really, really shocked if that didn't win. Well, here's the, here's where I am. I am going to pick the song from Selma. What? Because I'm not I'm not and the you biggest. Not even seen it. I'm not the biggest. Fa- I've heard the song though. I'm not the oh, yeah. I'm not the okay. biggest fan of the the Lego song. I think oh it's a, my it, it's a fun song, but best song of the year from a film. Eh, Absolutely. And, but what I think is going to win, I think it's going to be a surprise. I think the Glenn Campbell song will win. Really? Yep. That's my prediction. Huh. I think that's going to be see, the little... That's one, thing that, yeah. that's one thing that I can see your reasoning without yeah. you even having to explain everything because it's about like his struggle with Alzheimer's. Well, it's the, the subject of the documentary, right. singing a song, uh, having gone through Alzheimer's disease, uh, wrestling is, is country music. It's right. kind of an old legend. I could see that winning. I could, I, I honestly... I need to hear the song. Yeah. Um, if I've I, heard if it. I had done my research. It's a good song. Is it? Yeah. Like, you know, and I think it's a lot of strength of the song and what it means to the movie. I could see how it's between those two. Yeah. Because everything is awesome. There's a through line with that, with the movie. I think it is important to the movie. The movie wouldn't be what it is without that song. Mm-hmm. I could see you making the same argument for um, I'm not going to miss you. But I think exposure wise and guilt because of not giving the anime movie, I, I think it's like a movie. So, but yeah, I, I like your, I like your dark horse. I will idea. be uh I want to see Chris's face when the Lego movie gets completely shut out of the Oscars this year. Well, it will not I'll be a pretty chairs because we'll be having an Oscar party. So yeah. I'll start I'll make sure any heavy objects things. are not within your reach. <laughs> All right. Original score, the grand Budapest hotel the imitation game, interstellar, Mr. Turner, the theory of everything. Uh, I'll say on score. I, I think interstellar may win this just because the score is so unique with organ use and some other uh, interesting choices on instruments. Um, um, I, 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 I would, I'm guessing that Interstellar is going to win this. And I'd be happy with Interstellar let me, winning. Let me briefly, you mentioned the movies. Let me briefly mention three of the names because they're big names. Okay. Hans Zimmer for Interstellar, Alexander Desplat for Imitation Game, and same dude, Alexander Desplat for Grand Budapest Hotel. Right. Um, so actually it was only two names, but those are big names and like score things. So I think it's going to be one of those three. Mm-hmm. Um, I Interstellar. I, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually go for um, Imitation Game. Okay. Even though he might cancel like the whole like canceling each other out. Those two movies, uh, Budapest and Imitation, might cancel each other out because the same guy did them. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna go for Imitation. See, my game. thing is, I could not tell you anything about the music from the Imitation Game. I just don't remember it, other than it being a typical uh, uh, historical biopic. S- strings classical music <laughs> same with theory of everything so you feel you feel like and budapest you feel- grand budapest i love this the music for any wes anderson film but it's all the music from a wes anderson film right so you feel interstellar, like, was interstellar was unique unique it was unique and different and distinctive i've heard so many people after they see the movie they're like oh and the music was really crazy like really interesting and good huh. so that's where i think it's gonna go okay uh documentary feature we right. have uh, Citizen Four, Finding Vivian Mayer, Last Days in Vietnam, The Salt of the Earth, and Burunga. And I'll go ahead and say, I haven't seen any of them. 
I've I've seen Virunga. It was good. I am going to see hopefully this weekend. I'm going to see Finding Vivian Mayer about uh, photography. It was like mm-hmm. an unknown photographer. It's supposed to be really good. I think my gut feeling because it's about the whole um, WikiLinks yeah. and um, Assange, Julian Assange. I think Citizen Four, and it's one I've heard the most buzz about. I think it's going to be Citizen yeah, Four. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much, that's where I'm thinking it's going to go, just from everything I'm hearing. So. Slight little soapbox here, people. Life itself not nominated. Yeah, that was really I'm not disappointing. It has to win. But nominations. Because if you go on importance, which I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times, you know, it's like, this is your important film. Obviously, Citizen Four, okay. Um, about the whole, that whole controversy and everything. But I'm surprised it wasn't at least nominated. Do you think it maybe has something to do with the fact that I think there may have been some perception in the Academy that life itself was almost a commissioned biography by, by, Ebert. by, by Ebert himself in a way he kind of handpicked the director. He was, a fan, he was a fan of Steve James. He wanted to have his yeah. biography. To, so that it, it was be. maybe seen as more of a love letter to Roger Ebert as opposed to a true documentary. So too much of a vanity piece, yeah. and that's why. Now mm-hmm. I don't. I love the film, sure, but I could see that maybe the reason why they don't treat it as a, the purest documentary in the in the field. I think if he hadn't, yeah, yeah, I think because him struggling with his with cancer and with his you know disabilities so much played so much a part in that though. I'm surprised it wasn't at least nominated, you know, yeah. because, but yeah, maybe the self, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe the self commission thing did play a part. Not sure. It, it's very possible. I think, uh, very, very possible. All right. So let's get to the two lead actors and then best picture. Okay. So we've got actress in a leading role. You want to read those out for us? Sure. We have Marion Cotillard in two days, one night, Felicity Jones, theory of everything. Julianne Morris to Alice, Rosamund Pike and gone girl, Reese Witherspoon in wild. I'm going to say there again, buzz, 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 buzz. I'm going to say that uh, Julianne Moore, still Alice, haven't seen the movie. I don't think many people have. But <laughs> the ones that have, that are in mm-hmm. the Academy, I think voted for it. Um, it. It's about Alzheimer's again, a woman that's struggling with right. early stage Alzheimer's. Yes, at least. that's um, So I think that probably will win because of Buzz, just like J.K. Simmons. Now, who do I want to win? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want, even though I'm still kind of struggling with the movie, need to see it again, I actually want Rosamund Pike to win for Gone Girl. I think that would be she really... She had the most interesting performance. She did, without going into a yeah. lot. Um, she, yeah, she had a really interesting performance. And I think I like the fact, too, that, to me at least, she's a newcomer. Yeah. So I would really like to see her win because she's a newcomer to me and because she had such a interesting non-Oscar performance type mm-hmm. thing. You know, it was a good mm-hmm. thing, but it's just, like, not your typical movie. So, yeah, that's who I'd want to win. But I think... Uh, Julianne Moore. Uh, I I think it's going to be Julianne Moore as well. I'm okay. perfectly happy for it to be Julianne Moore. Are you basing that on Buzz? Basing on Buzz okay. and also just body of work for me. I really oh, like yeah. Julianne Moore as an actress, and I think she she needs more credit sometimes for some of the, the the work she does. So this film may be kind of her her big signature piece on that. So I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah. I would be happy with Rosamund Pike winning just because of the interesting performance she gave. I like Felicity Jones, although I don't think she's strong enough to win in this field, but I do think it was a really good performance as well. I mean, I guess that could be the one bone they throw theory of everything is they give it best actress, but kind of, uh, I don't know. It may be a weak one to give them though. So, gotcha. uh, best actor in a leading role. We have Steve Carell from Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper, American sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch, the imitation game, Michael Keaton, Birdman, and Eddie Redmayne for the theory of everything. I'm saying that I, these are so tough this year. They're really. We probably say I would like to see Michael Keaton win. And I think there's a pretty good chance he will. That's okay. I have 
I have Michael Keaton winning, um, and I think my feelings for wanting him to win, because I like him as an actor, I like his work, I like the meta commentary of him mm-hmm. you know, commenting on Batman, which I loved him when he was Batman, because I was growing up at that time. Um, so I, that's, and I, I'm going to say that I also think it's a lot of um, biopics canceling each other out, because mm-hmm. everybody else in this category is biopic. So I think they're all just going to be like, ah, let's just cancel now, all those out. I'm going to go ahead and say, though, I think it's really a three-person race. I okay. think there's two you can write off. I think okay. Steve Carell, gone. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch, gone. Okay. okay. There's a chance Eddie Redmayne could win. Just and, because the physicality and mm-hmm. the reward, those type things. And then I think Bradley Cooper, that's a long, I think it could be a surprise. Okay. I'm thinking it's Keaton or Redmayne, and I'm going to say Keaton. I just recently found out that Bradley Cooper and I share the same birthday. Oh, well, that, that helps right so, away. So, you know, I, for that reason, I guess I should say I want him to win. Well, you know, yeah, here you go. Let's go January 5th. Um, but I, think, I, I, I hope and I think it will be Keaton that okay. wins this. Cool. So, best picture. Best picture. I'm going to go ahead and say I think Boyhood is going to win best picture. Okay. Do I think it should? No. <laughs> <laughs> let me be well, very. Let me be very clear about I'm this. I'm so conflicted. That's why I don't want to give it best picture. I don't think best it will picture win. to me is the all-encompassing category. It takes into effect everything that makes that's around the production of the film, and even the producer of the film is the one that actually technically is given the award. Okay, mm-hmm. to me, this is a film that the concept is what sells it. Huh. It's not the acting. It's not the story. It's not the screenplay. It's not even the directing. Uh, it's the concept of pulling this together. Because that's where produce, the producer yeah. award is best. I, I think, okay. you know, a producer okay, has you. to be the one that makes sure you've got the actors lined up to use every single time you get to filming and to make sure the concept still works and the time frame works and all. Now, granted, Linklater is the driving force of the film. I get that. He is the guy making it happen, but he's making it happen from a producer role, not a director role. So I'm saying I think Boyhood will be the it's going to be one of those where every other category will go somewhere else, but then Boyhood will win Best Picture, just as kind of a complete body of work that the Academy wants to recognize. I don't think it'll win any other major award. I've got it down where I think uh, Patricia Arquette will win Best Supporting Actress, and maybe that will be the other one that Boyhood wins, but I could very easily see it being where nothing else goes to Boyhood except Best Picture. Um. Did we run down the nominees? Oh, no, we didn't. Okay, let me do that real quick. Yeah, sure, go ahead. American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. You can teach an old dog new tricks. I'm not that old, but still, Alan just taught me and made me realize that Best Picture was a producer award. And for the reasons he gave me when I was trying to give Linklater that for directing, I am now switching because there are no rules on this podcast. I am going to go with Boyhood for best motion picture and I'm switching and giving unfortunately I do not want to but um, I'm going to give an R to best directing okay because now, I, I agree for the reasons you said and I've I have learned something today people oh good about the it's best it's a learning moment picture. it is it's a learning it's a teachable moment um, and yeah and I feel for that reason everything that I was giving it to the director now for all those reasons just cut and paste <laughs> I'm giving that for the picture because is it good acting? Well, you know, the ideas, well, you know, the screenplay, no. But putting it all total together, package. total package. Total package. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with now, that. Now, who do you want to win Best Picture? Um, who do I want to win Best Picture? Um, well, we know it's not Birdman. It um, is for me. So <laughs> I'm saying I want Birdman to win Best Picture, but that's me. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this because at the time I wasn't big on it, but it's kind of grown on me. I, I want uh, Grand Budapest to win. Okay. Um, Grand Budapest is my backup. 
Okay. All right. If Birdman all of a sudden, if the the if the Oscar ceremony starts going downhill and Birdman's not getting any of the awards, I I'm picking it for him. I want to to wear a Blue Devils Duke Blue Devils jersey to the uh, Oscars oh. instead of a tuxedo, so that way your love will for hate him, him will diminish. <laughs> that would do it, actually. So. Um, <laughs> And it's not a love for him. It's a love for this film. Sure, I'm not a big it. fan of his other films, but I do sure. love this film. Um, if, if I see, if I get sense halfway through the ceremony that Birdman is getting shut out of stuff, then my vote will immediately switch to please, 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 Grand <laughs> please, Budapest please, Hotel. Please. Yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel will not win Best Picture. I'm going to go ahead and go on record. I, I, I would love for it to. Yeah. I will stand up and cheer and shout at our Oscar party if it does. Because it's it, not a biopic. Yeah, but, it, but it won't. <laughs> Birdman is the one I think I want to win, although I think it's going to be Boyhood. I think I can already picture the closing award being given out. You got the whole cast of Boyhood. Mm. You got the kid who's now like, what, probably 84 years old (laughs) up there on stage. That's going to be the big Oscar moment of, oh, look, the Boyhood group is up there. They didn't win anything else, but they got Best Picture. they won Best Picture. That's it. I think Birdman will walk away with the technically proficient ones like director. And I think... um, what else did I say? Um, did you say editing for Birdman or no? I think screenplay. I think directing yeah. and all. Just kind of the craft of the film itself. Uh, to me, Grand Budapest, I would love to see take away the makeup, the production design, all the big stuff that, that makes the film look so good. Right. Um, and I think American Sniper will creep away with a few awards. Not any big ones, but just enough to say that it's an Academy Award winning film. Um, that's kind of my overall picture we're not going to hit some of those categories that we don't know anything about like short films and animated uh, we just i haven't seen any of them i yeah, couldn't tell you the only two you. that i've seen were um feast which actually was played before big mm-hmm. hero six um, oh, yeah. about the little dog so you've yeah. actually seen it yeah that was good um, and then me and my molten i've seen that and it's it's kind of cute um yeah. but yeah i have no idea about the well, that's good. One, so. i filled out my ballot i actually gave feast the animated short film i've forgotten oh. i saw that one well, so there you go. it was good not bad <laughs> Um, okay, so that's our Oscars. We went really long on that, so thanks for your patience, everybody. But we kind of wanted to digest it. We had to cram it all into one episode because normally right. we used to analyze the Oscars on one episode and then we'd come up with our picks, picks later. We're kind of yeah. doing it all at one time here. So sure. it'll be a very interesting ceremony. I'm going to give it that. It's probably one of the more intriguing ones we've had in a Neil while. Patrick Harris. Is he the host? He is the host. Okay. That could be good. Yeah. I like him. I find him genuinely funny. Only good thing about Once Upon a Time in the West. So. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's that's true. Actually, it's kind of interesting, though, that back-to-back years, it was like the two people from that same film, right? Was Seth just back? No. Was he last year? He was two years ago. Who was last year? Who? Ellen DeGeneres, right? Did she do it last year? I think so. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Okay. And she wasn't in How to uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West? (laughs) That would have been really wild three in a row. That would have. No, okay. No, no, she wasn't. Well, Chris, all right. Let's 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 stop talking about Oscar. Okay. We're not going to say Oscar anymore until after the ceremony, and then we'll recap the winners at during our news segment in a future episode. Sounds fair. Let's quickly give us our recommendations sure. of films that you should check out that we have seen recently. Mine is going to shock. Oh, um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Okay. So. I cannot wait to see what this is. It's supposed to it is shock. not one I would shock have, and all. It is not one I would have picked for myself either. Hmm. So we're at the public library the other day. Oh, my kids okay. and I just hanging out, checking out some stuff, and I go to the DVD section. Is this Garfield Tale of Titty no, Kitties. No. no, I'm flipping through the the, the racks, and uh, my my 13 uh, year old says, "Ooh, RoboCop," and I'm like, "Oh, that's like the old, that's like the new one. That's like the remake one." I'm like, "No, <laughs> we're not gonna watch that." And he's like, "Oh, come on, Dad." I'm like. Okay, we'll find whatever. I love the original one, the uh, Paul Verhoeven one. The, it just 
It was a cool movie. Yeah. It had a lot of social commentary to it. That's the part I liked on it. It was good. It was very violent, but I'm like, it was all right. Um, so he said, fine, I'll rent it. And he said, can we watch it tonight? I'm like, sure, whatever. I have my laptop out. I'm actually doing work while it's on. I'm like, I'm not really going to pay attention to it. This is the new version. The new version. Yeah, the new version. Going in with super low expectations, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> now, here's the deal. It's one of those films where if the original RoboCop did not exist, this would be a pretty good movie. Got you. Because the original exists, you're always comparing okay. it and contrasting you can't it. Help, you can't help it. Sure. I do like this film has some elements of it I like better than the original because we actually spend a lot more time with the human character mm. that becomes RoboCop as opposed to, I think, in the original is pretty much he got shot up and then he got turned into RoboCop. And that was pretty much, I mean, he's RoboCop the rest of the movie. He sure. is a robot. Right. That you see glimmers of life. Right. In this version, it's, he's a human that throughout the entire film that, they're able to control, turn kind of on and off his inhibitions, or turn on and off his emotions. Hmm. It was a little more of a interest. It actually had a little more commentary to it, I thought, in a way than maybe the original one did. Michael Keaton's in this too. Michael right? Keaton is in it as okay. the bad guy, the okay. the owner, the big guy who runs the company that creates it. It's a it's a decent, fun little movie. I would just say I was pleasantly surprised that it was better than I expected it to be. Okay. I don't know anything about the people involved with it. Uh, <laughs> Jose Padilla is the director. Don't know anything about him. Joe Kinnaman was played Alex Murphy. Didn't know anything about him. Hmm. Gary Oldman is in there as, a, as the okay. doctor. He's actually really good. He, okay. he puts in a good, solid performance. Michael Keaton's good in the film. Um, Abby Cornish as the wife of Alex Murphy I thought was a really strong performance. You got Jackie Earl Haley in it. Okay. Um, Does he play a bad guy? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, so overall, you know, I thought it was a good film. Um, if you're in the mood for just a good action movie, it's a PG-13 action movie, which okay. means everything's toned down on the violence. Yeah, because the original was R. Yes. Right? Oh, it was a hard R. It was right. very violent. And that's actually the one thing that I always was a little squeamish with the first Robocop is it was pretty gross in places and violent. This one, there's a lot of gunplay, very little blood or anything. Gotcha. So. I actually was okay with even my eight-year-old watching some of it because, you know, it was just all firing bullets and you never really saw anything happen from it. So um, I thought it was, a, it was a good, fun movie. I think I would probably – it would be – I think it would have been highly, higher regarded if the original didn't exist. Got you. Kind of like how I felt about the, um, the Amazing Spider-Man reboots. I think those movies would have been better respected if the originals weren't there and haven't been like in the last 10, 15 years. So. Sure. It's one of those things where that's the danger when you do a reboot or a remake is there's always the comparison of the original. It's hard to treat it as a standalone product. Sure. This one, I thought, had some some good elements to it. So, yeah, RoboCop. Okay. Why not? So you, snuck, <laughs> you snuck that in on me because I don't believe you've logged it in Letterboxd. So I, t- uh, I think I'm, I just did recently. Okay. I forgot about it and I put it on there. Okay. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I you know, hadn't seen you watch that. So I, that did take me by surprise. That uh, is checking shocking. it out from the public library, didn't pay a dime for it. Hey. So. Free is free. You know, that may have helped my impression a little bit, too. So, what do you got Fair for Fair enough. Um, I've got The Giant Mechanical Man, and this came out in uh, 2012. It stars Jenna Fisher from Office Fame and uh, Chris Messina and Topher Grace. Um, I'm recommending it. I just recently saw it. Um, it is a perfect, although I realize Valentine's Day is tomorrow. This podcast will not probably come out until next week. But still, if you need a date night movie that's kind of a fun little romantic comedy, Giant Mechanical Man is for you. Wow. Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's it's small, little indie film. Um, you know, and it's it's not like it's anything unique. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, 
boy meets girl, they like each other. You know, so it's it's kind of predictable, but still, it's just kind of quirky enough and honest enough about how people relate to one another that I thought it was uh, I thought it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Toe for Grace. Never really watched the '70s show, but yeah. know who he is sure. from that. Um, his, I guess it's a little bit more than a cameo in this, but still. His part in this movie is hilarious. Really? Yeah, he plays. I never that. would have put those words together with Topher <laughs> Grace and hilarious. I know, I know, right? But he plays like Doug Duncan, who's like this um, empower, supposed to be empowering writer for like um, self esteem type mm-hmm. guy, and it's and he his best best affectation is the fact that he has this like long mop of hair. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is uh, awesome. This is on Amazon Prime Instant Video, just in case anybody has that Amazon service, because I do, and that's cool. It means I can watch it for free. And so, it's also on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix, so, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. So a lot of ways to see it, like, right away, easily. The Giant Mechanical Man. Yeah, I've yes. never heard of it. That's, that's on my list now. Interesting. Okay. So that is our show for today. Uh, we had our review of The Theory of Everything, which uh, Chris gave up. Average, maybe okay, passable grade on. Okay, passable. Yeah, I was uh, disappointed, uh, not as uh, not as enamored by it. <laughs> we had our Oscar ballots going through. We got a nice mixture. It's going to be an interesting ceremony for sure. And then our recommendations, uh, two completely opposite films, it sounds like. <laughs> the Giant Mechanical Man and RoboCop. Actually, whoa, The Giant Mechanical Man and RoboCop. There you go. There's actually more similarities than I would have would have thought. Robots, mechanical, there, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, we, we did not plan that at all. No, we didn't. Uh, so what we'll do next time we get together, we'll have movie reviews. And by that point, of course, we'll know what the Oscar outcomes were. So we'll, I'm sure we'll have a little bit to chew on with that as well. Absolutely. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, or just want to get a hold of us, Chris, what, what are – what are the various ways people could reach us right now? Well, uh, we are, of course, on the Mesh. So you could go to uh, the website, mesh.tv. The Mesh.tv. The, excuse me, the Mesh.tv. And uh, look us up on our page there. You can find past episodes there as well. Um, we are also on um, Letterboxd, which I'd mentioned. Alan and I both have accounts on that. If you'd like to send us an email or an idea for a show or you disagree with one of our reviews, uh, you could also send an email to info at themesh.tv and just, you know, jot your thoughts down there. Um, that may have covered yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, just to let everybody know, too, if they want to check out some things going on in our area and maybe even come visit us this fall, we'd love to have you. September 25th through the 27th, we are going to have our very first ever Foot Candle Film Festival right, right here in Western North Carolina, Catawba County. Hickory, to be more specific. We're going to be doing that for a weekend-long film festival. Uh, Film submissions are open right now. So if you are a filmmaker, know someone who's a filmmaker, uh, or just want to help share the news, film submissions are open until June 1st of this year. So as we record this, there's still three to four months of time to submit films. Right now, it's an open submission process. Uh, You can submit a film, whether it's a short film, documentary, feature length, doesn't matter. Uh, Everything will be reviewed by screening committee, and the best films to show in a full weekend will be selected and brought in and uh, then we'll have awards for the winners of that weekend's festival we'll be holding this at the salt block which is the science arts literature and something else t i don't know what t stands for i don't either oh my gosh what does t stand for at the salt block okay i don't remember but i'll find out we'll re- we'll follow up on that the salt block in in near downtown hickory We'll be using the auditorium there for the weekend. Have a lot of other events planned around the weekend as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tickets for it won't go on sale till probably like July, close to late June, July. 
But right now, film submissions, if you want to submit a film or know somebody who's worked on a film in the last year or two, uh, please point them to footcandle.org. There's a button on the website that sends you right to our film festival page with instructions on how to submit the film. Cool? Yep. Good. good. So let's uh, get it out there and help spread the word. We'd love to have you come join us in Catawba County this fall. It'll be a beautiful time of the year. It's going to be a fun weekend. All right. With all that, we're going to wrap up. Chris, thanks, man. Yeah, good seeing you as always. Pleasure. Have a good weekend to everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.